0: Isaiah 59, and I want to deal with something that you've probably seen all over the news in the last week, (laughs) and that is the value of, of human life that we seem as a nation to be losing track of, and dangerously so. Isaiah 59, verse 1. And as you're turning there, I don't know whether this will be a sermon or a teaching or a, a rant. I'm I'm not sure, but I just want to uh, I want to deal with this where we're at today as a as a people and as a country, and how urgent I think this issue is. Isaiah 59, verse one. This is out of the Amplified. It says, "Behold." The Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor His ear so impaired that it cannot hear. But your wickedness has separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with wickedness, with sin, with injustice, and with wrongdoing. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one sues righteously, but for the sake of doing injury to others, to take some undue advantage. And no one pleads his case in truth, but rather they trust in empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and bring forth injustice. And Lord, I just ask that you will open your word to us today. Help us to understand, Lord. I pray, God, that our nation will once again hear you, as you cry out to her. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's not a new situation. This battle over abortion is certainly not a new thing. The nation has been reeling back and forth about that since her inception. Um, Different times where it's been tried to be pushed on us. And then when Roe v. Wade came around, it was made law of the land to legalize the murdering of of babies. And there's no nicer way to put it than that. To me, that's what it is, is the murder of babies. Um, And what has happened over the last couple of weeks is downright disturbing. When you have Governor Northam of Virginia, when he's talking about a a bill that was uh, being pushed And he said, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be delivered. We're talking about a live baby in somebody's arms. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated, if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Does anybody else see how absolutely disturbing that is? When a baby is born, to have a discussion between the physician and the mother and say, hey, do you really want this child? Well, no, I don't because I'm in school or, you know, I don't have anybody to watch her or I don't have the money or whatever. Okay, well, we will take it and eliminate it. That's terrifying that this is happening in the United States. Do you realize that America has one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world. This is one of the most... Uh, we're one of the very few that allow abortion in the last trimester as it is. Virginia Democrat Delegate Kathy Tran, in a discussion with the Republican Delegate, they were uh, talking about this law. It was being batted between them. And Some of you have probably seen this exchange. It's on video if you want to watch it. Uh, delegate Gilbert asked, so how late in the third trimester would you be able to do that? Tran said, it's very unfortunate that our physician's witness, witnesses are not able to attend today. Kind of dodged that question. So he came back and said, no, I'm talking about your bill. How late in the third trimester could a physician perform an abortion if he indicated that it would impair the mental health of the woman? Tran again dodged, she says, or physical health. He said, okay, I'm talking about the mental health. Tran said, through the third trimester, the third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Gilbert said, okay, but to the end of the third trimester, Tran said, yep, I don't think we have a limit on the bill. Gilbert said, where it's obvious a woman is about to give birth, that she has physical signs that she is about to give birth, would that be the point at which she could still request an abortion if she is so certified, if she is dilating? Tran said, Mr. Chairman, that would be a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would make at that point, dodging the question again. Gilbert said, I understand that. I'm asking if your bill allows that. Trans said, my bill would allow that, yes. So you're talking about a baby coming out of the birth canal If the mother and the physician decide that they don't want this baby, that child would be killed. There is a problem in a nation when the value of human life has come to the point where we feel like we can eliminate the life of a baby at any time. See, you can argue it in your mind, you can rationalize it, you can twist it around to where a a woman that's a few weeks along, you can claim that it's, it's just a mass of cells, it's a blob or whatever, and maybe make that work in your brain. I don't get it. But when you're talking about a baby that literally is moments or seconds away from being birthed, and supposedly the difference is just that. Andrew Como passed a law, signed a law into bill, into, signed, signed a bill into law in New York stating that only after a child is born, is it considered a baby? Do you see how sick this is? How absolutely horrifying this is that's happening in our country. And we look at these precious children and we, we think, Lord, there's people all around who are begging to have babies. They're begging to, to have a child. And we cheapen them to the point where some lawmaker can decide that they can take the life of that child. See, this is not new in our world. This has happened down through the years. I've mentioned it in ancient Israel when a baby was born. If it was a girl, many times they just took it out of town and threw it up on a hillside there. There were thousands of skeletal remains on that hillside where parents would just throw the child up there and and just wait for it to die. How absolutely horrifying. But we like to think that we're we're, we've evolved beyond that. We are above that. We are we are we have advanced beyond that point. But it doesn't seem that we have. We're actually going the other way. This is nothing short of pure infanticide. Andrew Como also made making a comment because he's a Catholic. He said, I am not here to represent a religion, I'm here to represent all the people and the constitutional rights and limitations for all people, not as a Catholic, asserted the governor. And I have to ask, governor, governmental leader, somebody that we presume actually knows the constitution, please show me in the constitution where it says it's okay to kill a baby. What constitution says that? I don't know of one that says that. We have these arguments. God, the problem is God created a woman to have a a love within her for her baby. It is unnatural for a woman to not have that love. You can almost picture a guy, you know, that... It's been the thing down through the years. Guys will have their one night stands and they're gone and leave the woman with the baby and men seem to be able to do that and that's disgusting in itself but there's something that God placed within a woman. A a deep love and and passion for her baby where mothers will lay their lives on the line in a heartbeat to save that child. We read of stories where cars have rolled over and and a, a little 120 pound woman will pick up the car to get her baby out from under it. This kind of thing happens. Supernatural actions that are done by a woman because of that love that God placed in her. Isaiah 49, 15 says, can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Obviously, No, a woman loves that child and it is, I believe, something that comes straight from the pits of hell for that natural instinct to be overruled and outweighed by a desire to kill that baby that God blessed you with. It can't happen that way. It should never happen that way. Just their arguments. Have you ever listened to their arguments? They don't even make any sense. Reproductive rights. Is anybody in the world against a woman's reproductive rights? No, we're all for reproductive rights. You have the absolute right to not reproduce if you don't want to. You have the absolute right to produce if you want to. But the right to reproduce has absolutely nothing to do with the baby that is already in existence. That's not the same thing. That's the way they want to argue it. We're pro-choice. We don't have that kind of a choice. In, our, in a good world, in a, in a right world, in a righteous world. We don't have the right to say that our, our child, our, let's say our four-year-old or five-year-old is annoying us that day. You know, I just want to get rid of you and get another one. I don't want you. I saw a thing on, on a little meme on Facebook that said, uh, uh, it was a text exchange between a a son and his dad and the son said dad am i adopted and the dad said no you think i would have chosen you (laughs) 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 that's awful (laughs) all the mothers in here said that's awful all the men said yeah that's wonderful i'll get with you afterward okay Let let me keep going here so they also argue and say a woman's right over her own body anybody go to biology class in school is a baby's body and the mother's body the same body? Yes. No. no. <laughs> Completely different bodies. It may be inside the woman. Different DNA, different brain, different heart, different lungs, different everything. It is, the, the, they're attached by an umbilical tube. That, that, that's it. There are no, two totally separate bodies. Nobody in the world argues about a woman's right to her own body. We don't. You just don't have the right to kill the body that's inside of you, that does not belong to you. That is a different body. Their own arguments don't make any sense. That tells you how weak they are when they can't even come up up with an argument that makes rational sense. But this is what they're saying. But see, the reality of biology cannot be defeated. It's the reality of truth. And most Although the, the loud people on the left, the loud will argue it one way, the reality is the scientists or the, the more honest ones will admit to the truth of it. In his book, Practical Ethics, Princeton University bioethicist Peter Singer, who is a supporter, he is a strong supporter of not only abortion, but infanticide. If you don't want your child, you should be able to kill it in his mind. This guy is sick sick but he writes whether a being is a <laughs> get to the page <laughs> member of a given species is something that can be determined scientifically by an examination of the nature of the chromosomes in the cell of living organisms in this sense there is no doubt that from the very first moment of its existence an embryo conceived from human sperm and egg is a human being This is a guy who believes in killing them. And he admits that they're killing a human being. Dr. Warren Hearn, author of Abortion Practice, a medical textbook that teaches abortion procedure, told a Planned Parenthood conference, we have reached a point in this particular particular technology where there is no possibility of denying an act of destruction. There's no denying it anymore. See, they even understand what is going on. It's not... It it goes beyond being a, uh, I don't know, an ethics question. It's a full-on moral question. When you are arguing, you realize it's a baby. You know it's a human being. You absolutely acknowledge that fact, and yet you make the conscious choice to kill it. There is a problem there. Liberal professor, uh, Professor Ronald... Dworkin in his book Life's Dominion writes that abortion deliberately kills a developing embryo and is a choice for death. See, they get it. They get it and yet they're making that choice, that decision to do that as far back as 1970. An editorial in the California Medici- in California Medicine conceded the scientific uh, ground to pro-lifers. The authors who are very sympathetic to abortion said, the scientific fact that everyone really knows is that human life begins at conception, is in continuous, whether an in intra or extra uterine, until death. The very considerable semantic gymnastics which are required to rationalize abortion as anything but, a, but taking a human life would be ludicrous if they were not often put forth under socially impeccable auspices. That was a lot of big, long words. Basically, what this was is that California Medicine, that magazine, conceded clear back in the 1970s that their arguments claiming that, ba- that, that a, a fetus is not a baby are ludicrous. They're idiotic to even argue such a thing. We are definitely talking about a human being. Naomi Wolf, a prominent feminist, uh, defends the the graphic depiction of abortion in a New Republic article. She said, Clinging to a rhetoric about abortion in which there is no life and no death, we entangle our beliefs in a series of self-delusions, fibs, and evasions, and we risk becoming precisely what our critics charge us with being, callous, selfish, and casually destructive men and women who share a cheapened view of human life. We need to contextualize the fight to defend abortion rights within a moral framework that admits that the death of a fetus is a real death. Mm. So, she's acknowledging how ludicrous their argument is to deny that it's a baby. We need to defend abortion on different grounds because we're not going to win the argument about a baby. Feminist Camille, Camille Pagalia uh, is even more blunt. She says, I have always frankly admitted that abortion is murder. The extermination of the powerless by the powerful. Liberals, for the most part, have shrunk from facing the ethical consequences of their embrace of abortion, which results in an annihilation of concrete individuals and not just clumps of insensate tissue. See, we... We move past the point of arguing as they did in Roe versus Wade whether this baby is real or not or whether it's just a clump of cells or whether it's this or whether it's that. Even the left understands that this baby is a real life. And I, I, I like the way she worded it, the, the, the one uh, Naomi Wolf worded it there. It is the strong taking power over the weak. That's what it's about. The Bible speaks a lot about that. There's a problem there. But what people don't understand, and I kind of had this discussion with somebody on the Internet this week about this uh, Washington law, uh, what is that, 1039, 1036, I always get the number mixed up. They're arguing because some of the sheriffs have stood up and said, we're not going to support this gun law, it is unconstitutional. And people online were saying, well, what what other laws are they just going to arbitrarily decide that they don't have to enforce? They just decide they can do that. They don't have a right to do that. And I argued back and said, no, actually the Constitution of the United States tells us that if a law is ever passed that is not constitutional, that law is null and void. Did you know our Constitution says that? Why do we vote people into office that we vote people into office as our representative, meaning that when an illegal law is passed, that representative is responsible to stand up and say, no, that law is not enforceable. We're not doing this. I respect those sheriffs taking that stand. Amen. I respect them doing that. And I argued with this person that there are many laws that are passed that are, there's no legal basis to do it. You have to go get a, a discover pass in order to drive on state land in the state of Washington. State land belongs to who? The people of the state. Does the state have a right to charge you money to drive on your own property? Of course not. It's an illegal law. But the only difference is nobody has stood up and said we refuse to enforce that law. That's the difference. That's what's happened with abortion. Do you know abortion is an absolute direct violation of the Constitution of the United States? Not even a question. We had the Civil War where we fought a horrible war over over slavery and other issues, but a lot of it was over slavery, over, I think it was, what, a half a million people died in that horrible, horrible war. Shortly after that war ended... The United States adopted the 14th Amendment of the Constitution for this purpose. This was their thinking. They said, never again are we going to allow one segment of people to be set aside as being less valuable and meaningless and and be allowed to be mistreated or killed because of who they are. Never again People talk about the 14th Amendment, and they say that amendment was only passed because of slavery. That's not true. It was mostly passed because of slavery, but very much in this argument, as that amendment was being argued, was abortion. It was very much involved in the discussion, and they understood that. that. In 1868, a general consensus treated uh, pre-born human beings as persons. The preborn was included within the public meaning of the term persons at the time of the 14th Amendment was adopted. The 14th Amendment came about because, mostly because of slavery and abortion. It directly addresses the subject of abortion. This is what the 14th Amendment says. This is so clear that the Ninth Circuit should even understand it. I mean, it's, it's that clear that, that even they should get what it says. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The 14th Amendment gives every single person, human being, in the United States the right to life. That's what it gives us. That is not a question, that is not an argument, that is absolutely clear. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg ought to be able to understand that. (laughs) At that time, in 1868, most states referred to an unborn child as a child in all of their laws. It was the belief of the United States of America. Abortion is not only a violation of the Constitution, it is a violation of the oath, the Hippocratic oath that a doctor takes to become a doctor. The old term that I will do no harm is actually not in the Hippocratic oath. But that sense, that, that meaning is all through that oath. That's the reason for the oath, is that doctor takes an oath that he will do everything he can to preserve life and he will not take life. And killing a human baby is a direct violation of the oath that that doctor took to become a doctor. But see, it's not uncommon. It was not uncommon in our country for people to stand up. Our laws to stand up. Our journals to stand up for the life of babies. In 1859, the American Medical Association, I'll get this out, American Medical Association demanded That the government protect the independent and actual existence of the child before birth. Eight years later, the Medical Society of New York called abortion at any stage of a child's life, murder. These are books where our doctors were trained under. They were taught under these things. In Proverbs chapter 6, God gives a list of some things that he hates. Seven things that he absolutely hates. In verse 16, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. That kind of fits too. Feet that be swift to running to mischief. Gee, that kind of fits too. A false witness that speaks lies. Yep, kind of fits right there. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. God hates the taking of innocent life. We are a blessed nation beyond any upon the the history of the earth. We are the most blessed nation that this world has ever seen. I don't believe, this is me speaking, Jim Hall speaking. I don't believe that our greatest threat is ISIS, China, Russia, or, or global warming, or global cooling, or global whatever it is. Next week they're going to call it. I believe our greatest threat in the, as the United States of America is a moral slide down the slope to destruction. God does not pronounce judgment on a nation because they have bad fiscal law, fiscal policy. God does not pronounce judgment on a nation because they have weak foreign policy. God pronounces judgment on a nation because they slaughter innocent human beings. That brings a judgment on a nation. What does God think of children? Psalm 139, 14 says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. God considers it to be wonderful. It, the, the birth of a child, the creation of a child is wonderful. God is creating one of His children. How did you feel the first time you held your baby? You know? God feels that, I believe, every time He creates another life. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I... Formed thee in thy belly, in the belly I knew thee. Before I even formed you, I knew you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I had ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah, before you were ever conceived, I had my eye on you, I had my hand on you, and you were going to be a prophet to the nations." Folks, every one of us here, God knew you before you were ever conceived. He had a plan for you before you were ever made, before you ever came into existence. God knew who you were and what He was going to use you for. He already loved you before you were ever even thought of in the human sense. But He thought of you. Psalm 127.3 says, "'Lo, children are an heritage unto the Lord.'" and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. I was in Walmart in Colville the other day, and I I come up, as you will, occasionally you'll run into one. I'm not sure what they are. Mennonite, Hooterites, and some kind ofites. All the girls had long skirts on, most of them denim long sleeves and they had little hats on and there was nine girls and a boy. <laughs> I just I, and the dad had this long beard, you know, and you can you can picture if you see him and I just I was like, man, I'd love to sit and chat with them. That would just be so cool to sit and chat with them. And that boy, oh God help him. <laughs> oh, that poor child. But you know what? God blesses us with those children what a blessing i still remember when that one there came around we were we got got to the hospital we go in and i think there was one baby in the in the nursery there just one and by the time he was born i think there was 12 it was like insanity in that hospital so we're in there in the delivery room and the and the nurse is doing what she can and and the doctor finally comes in and he's delivering Jimmy and then another nurse comes in and says, doctor, this woman next door is, is delivering right now. And he said, go over and hold her back. She's like, okay. And so the, the baby comes out. He said, here's your baby. And he hands me Jimmy and he says, the oxygen's over there. Give him some. I'm over there <laughs> turning knobs and playing around and finally give him some oxygen he was the same size as he is now he was big no. <laughs> but, but you know there's nothing so special as that day holding that little baby and he's turning blue and you know and i'm like nurse it's the baby's turning blue and 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 she said give him oxygen i said it's freezing in here i'm turning blue why is this room so cold But you know, it was so precious. And I took him downstairs and they put him in the torture chamber like they did with babies back then, where they take that that stainless steel cold freezing thing and they stick a naked baby on it. And they go, "Ah!" (laughs) And they weigh him, you know, and they poke him about 75 times. And they, you know, every way they could possibly torture him. I remember that. My baby was being born, my baby came into the world. What a special time. And it's sad to me that we as a nation, have lost sight on that. We as a nation have missed that to where these young girls, because they're, it's not convenient, they're in school, they're, they have what, this going on, and many times their parents push them in to take in the life of their own baby. Folks, this is a travesty, not only because of the loss of the baby, but because that woman will never, ever, ever get over that. She will never get over it. It's a God-given love that God placed within her, a connection placed within her. And when she made a conscious decision to take the life of her own baby, that's something that they just... It would take the hand of God to cleanse that from their spirit for them to ever recover from that. You see, they never talk about the psychological effects of it. But it's deep. There's a lot of papers on it. You can do a lot of reading on the psychological effects of taking a baby.